dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your love, for your grace, your mercy, for all that you continue to do for us. Thank you for your constant interceding for us when we fall short of your glory, sending your angels as an encampment all around us. We thank you for your divine truth that you've shown us through your word and the things that we know we ought to follow in order to hear you say well done when that time comes. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So tonight, uh, it's going to be a pretty live discussion tonight because what's really been on my heart in recent in recent days is really the the deception that's going on. And we're going to talk about the end time deception that the enemy is using to really blind people from knowing the truth about what's actually going on during the end times. Now, the question obviously would be, are we in the end times? Well, if you read your Bible, absolutely. Everything Christ talked about, as well as Apostle Paul brought up, uh, it, it makes clear reference to we're in the end times. But here's something that a lot of people get deceived by, especially those who uh, are part of church institutions, is that the end times has been going on for a long time. We have different events that come up that really scares people, you know, wars, economy, you know, the inflation, whatever the case may be, diseases, and all of a sudden you hear the topic rise up again in time. But the truth is, right when Christ was finished teaching and as Paul went into his ministry, the end time had already started. Church was under persecution. You know, the disciples were, as Jesus said, they were they were taken out, they were killed. And it's because the end time had started. So what we see today is just the buildup of what Christ had already spoken of, the things he already declared. And this is such an important thing to realize, because if we don't, we will be like a lot of people who say they believe in Jesus, but are not living as such not actually holding to what they believe because they have the wrong idea about the end time. And that wrong idea is, well, Jesus is coming. So let's just go back and hide and hang out and wait. The world is in shambles. It's chaotic. So let's go in ahead and stand by for Jesus. But we're going to read Matthew 24. And we're going to get into a little bit of the scriptures where Jesus explains to the first apostles, his handpicked disciples, of what the end time looks like and what we ought to do during this time. And verse one of Matthew 24, it says that then Jesus went up and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus is describing a, a very dark picture here. He's talking about the temple, these buildings that were built ultimately for. God, a place of worship. He's saying that they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be all taken down. And then he goes on in uh, verse three. He sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So. The sign of Jesus coming is important. What will show us that he's coming? And then the end of age. Knowing the end of age is really good to understand, too, because the end of age talks about the end of days. 
all right end of days end of this cycle of the sun goes down then it comes back up sun goes down it comes back up when will this stop and jesus answered and said to them take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying i am the christ and will deceive many now i want to stop there for a second and really explain to everybody what that means that i am the christ yes there will be people who will come out and say that they are the messiah but there will be others who will also come out and say they are the way they are the truth and they are the life Basically, they're going to give this appearance and they're going to talk and they're going to act in such a way that looks like they are the answer to everything that's going on in the world today. And the Bible says that it will deceive many. Many people will be deceived. And he said in verse six, he says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, we all know there's a well-advertised, publicized war that's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And there's talks about the potential use of nuclear weapons. Well, here's the thing. If you are a believer in the word of God, he said, all these things will happen, but the end is not yet. It won't happen. So Russia is not going to be able to use a nuke or any other country to fulfill prophecy. The end, the end time. It says in verse seven, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. These famines and pestilence and earthquakes and kingdoms rise against kingdoms and all these different things, the nations rise against nations, have been going on long time, a long, long time. But obviously, you know, history is not advertised in a lot of ways like it should be. So when something happens, it's kind of new to a lot of people. A lot of these preachers, pastors is new too. So as soon as something catastrophic happens, hashtag Jesus is coming. That's what we see. Uh, I'm sure when the apostles were going through their tribulation, their trials, and they were facing death, they were thinking the same thing. Jesus is coming. In verse 9, it says, Then they will be delivered up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. For false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So here's the thing. Christ gave this to uh, the, the first disciples a long time ago. He spoke about this a long time ago. But he says in verse, thing, he says, verse 13, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. What end is he talking about? The end that Christ is talking about is the end of our life span. He's not talking about the end of time because obviously none of the disciples he spoke to are alive today. They're not walking the earth. So those who endure in their own personal walk as a disciple, as a believer in Jesus Christ, if you endure to the end of your life, you will be saved. And he's not talking about saved from all the madness that's going on in the world. He's talking about salvation. This, again, eradicates that lie that all you have to do is save Jesus and you will see him. And he'll be happy with you and you could spend all eternity with him after Judgment Day. He himself said you have to endure to the end of your life. And in verse 14, he says, and this gospel 
of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and then the end will come. There is so many variations of the gospel that has been preached throughout the world for the longest time. You got that gospel that says, give people the grace and space to do what they want. You got the gospel that says, once you say Jesus, that's all you have to do. You've now locked in that ticket of eternity with Christ. You have all these variations, these different manipulations of the gospel being preached. But Christ said this gospel. So everything in his ministry and what was passed on to the Apostle Paul is the gospel that he's talking about. As a witness to all nations, it's a witness It's going to be proof to all nations. And said, and then the end will come. You know, for the first time ever, there are people coming out that don't look nothing like a pastor or a preacher. Speaking directly from God's word. That's how you know we're getting closer to the end time. Because all these facades that exist. You know, they're really much saying stuff. They're not even talking about repentance. They're not talking about changing your life. They're not even talking about salvation. They're talking about prosperity and, you know, feel good messages and self-proclaiming messages, self-gratifying messages, but nothing about repentance. So if you go on, it says in verse well, we're going to go down to verse 15. It says, we're going to talk about the, where Christ identifies what's called the abomination of desolation. And we're going to get a short version of what that is so we don't have to get too deep. Uh, but ultimately, it's the Antichrist. And, we'll, and uh, the Apostle Paul explains this when he's talking about the end time. It says in verse 15, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place and says, whoever reads, let him understand. And those who are in Jerusalem flee to the mountains. It's going to be a terrible time in Judea, Jerusalem, and the Antichrist is standing in the holy place. Very terrible time. The abomination of desolation. And like I said, we're going to get into that once we get to uh, hear what Paul has to say. Uh, and then we're going to skip down to verse 23. He says, then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arrive and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. The elect is those who are called by God and chosen. The Bible says that many are called, a few are chosen. The call goes out to many. Those who get selected are those who decided to have a heart for God and not this world. They're not moved by the fact that we are living in the end times, and they're not deceived by the enemy, what's happening in the world today. Many people are under mass deception. Matt, and you'd be surprised who it is. There are so many who think they know the truth or think they're following truth. The truth is they're being hoodwinked. They're being bamboozled. And Paul talks about this. And here's the reason why they're being bamboozled. He says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9, he said, The coming of the lawless one is in accordance to the working of Satan with all power, signs, lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of righteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They don't receive the love of the truth. 
What's the love of the truth? Ultimately, he's talking about Christ. Not just him, but his word. The truth. Not my truth. Not her truth. Their truth. His truth. The truth. About who Jesus Christ is, what he came to do, and what we are supposed to do. You see, they don't, they don't receive it. They don't want it. And therefore, because they didn't want it, they bring condemnation on themselves and they open up the door to be led down a massive road of deception. So I, I want to explain to everyone that, listen, what you see on TV is deception. God does not control TV. Even if it's a quote-unquote Christian channel, there's a great possibility deception is coming through that as well. There's a lot of talk about the things that are going on in Ukraine, the suffering and the war and what Russia is doing to Ukraine. But I want to tell you that is by far deception. And here's the reason why. Who is showing everyone what's happening in Ukraine? It is media. Mainstream media, social media. And they're showing you exactly what they want you to see. And they're depicting a picture of what's happening from Russia in a particular way to drive people to hatred for Russia. Now, don't get me wrong. Any wars and killing of people who are not involved in your wars and all these different things, I don't condone it one bit. War is evil and it's, it's sad. But the same people who won't tell you the truth, that will censor you, who will shut down your social media page is the one who's giving you the update about Ukraine. Here's what the Bible tells us about what's going on when it comes to the information being brought forth and how we are to move when this information comes forth. In Romans 12, verse 2, the Apostle Paul says, and be not conformed to this world. How many people are saying they stand with Ukraine. That's the world, the whole world saying it. And all of a sudden, we go from being a divided nation, divided people, and all of a sudden, we are united as a world to stand with Ukraine. That is satanic movement. And it's appealing to, here it is, the flesh. It is grabbing hold of emotion. They're showing you pictures to drive your feelings, showing you videos and clips to drive your feelings so you can stand for the very thing we're supposed to stay away from. We have the wrong idea. The Bible says wars and rumors of wars are going to take place. This is Christ telling us this. But now we're like, oh, we're going to stand with Ukraine and we're going to do all these things. And, and what does that mean anyways? What does that mean to even stand with Ukraine? Does that even have a definition? It sounds almost like love is love or there is no gender. There is no definitive to what's being said. But the emotion is there and the attachment now has taken place through the emotion. This is end time deception. Jesus Christ never told you to stand with a single nation about nothing. He said, put on the whole armor of God. So when the wiles of the Antichrist, Satan, the deceiver comes, we can stand on his truth. We're not going to pray for wars to cease and all that. This is God's, this is prophecy. How are we going to pray against prophecy? That means we don't believe what we read. So we're going to go on and we're going to look at verse 29 in Matthew chapter 24. 
Jesus talked about immediately after those, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the, of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and, though, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming in the, on the clouds in the powers of great glory. In verse 31, he says, and he will send his angels with great, with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together the elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. I'm going to read that again. Verse 31. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. I heard someone say the other day that when the Antichrist comes, the mark of the beast goes out and every believer here on the earth will be beheaded. They will lose their head. Well, is that true? It is. Revelation talks about it. Said he will have the power to Basically, chop off the heads of every man, woman, and child on the earth. But here's who will be here when that happens. It won't be everybody. Those who kept the faith will be raptured up. And they will not be here when that happens. And it explains that several places throughout the Bible. But here's one of them in Matthew 24 31. He said he will gather from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. He's not gathering them from the earth. He's going to gather those saints who are no longer on the earth. And the people who are here are those who didn't get that ride out of here before all the crazy stuff happened. The real crazy stuff. What we see today. Is no comparison of what's going to happen when the Antichrist comes out and he issues that mark. That's going to be a terrible time. So again, knowing the word is critical. And this is Christ telling us these things so that we can not only be informed, but we don't have to walk around in fear. And we can even, you know, understand how important obedience is. And not this facade that I just said, Jesus, so I'm good. So let's get into when Paul talks about the end time. There's a couple places he describes things that are going to happen. He writes one of them to the Thessalonians in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 1. He says, now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering to him, we ask not to be shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. See, during Paul's time, there was these lies that went out that said that Christ had already showed up. This is it. This is why we're going through what we're going through, because he already removed the elect. And here it is, Paul has to dispel this myth, this lie, this falsehood, uh, because obviously people who thought that Christ had already came, then you think, well, what's the point? Why live for him if he already took the people who uh, are supposed to be with him for all eternity? All the rest of us just down here suffering. So he had to tell them that's not the case. He even goes on in verse three, says, let no one deceive you. Here, here is Paul again saying the same thing Christ said. He said, let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. This is the Antichrist. This is the abomination of desolation. All right. And he explains exactly who this person is. He says, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself to be as 
God. Here's one of the key identifiers that you'll know uh, who's who's the Antichrist, who's coming to fulfill that spot. The Bible talks about that he will have no desire for a woman. All right, so he will be a male homosexual. That's the Antichrist. And he will exalt himself above everything that's called God. What does that mean? The right form of marriages, the truth about who God is, all the stuff that you see being eradicated in the world today, all this, your truth, my truth, there is no true gender, you could be what you want to be, all this is a lifestyle, a mindset, and a way, really a way of life that exalts itself. The world is prepping to receive the Antichrist. Many Antichrists has gone out in the world, as the Bible talks about, and they're going out into the world to shake the world. So when the Antichrist arrives, there won't be any reservations when he shows up. There won't be this refuting that's going to happen, that, that we would think would happen. Some wicked person takes the stage. The world is going to be so wicked, he's going to fit in quite well. And that's what we're seeing today. And Paul goes on to say, do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things. And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Who is Paul talking about? He who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is on the earth, the Antichrist, the son of perdition, cannot come in and do what he is actually destined to do. So when the Holy Spirit who's holding him back is removed, then he'll take center stage and he'll run the earth during this tribulation. Well, that spirit that God has given us, the Holy Spirit that he has endowed us with to do his will, has to be here while we're here in order to do his will. So when he takes the spirit away, he will be taken away the people who has that spirit, the Holy Spirit. We won't be here. Or else how would we be able to preach? How will we be able to teach? How will we be able to witness for Christ? We can't do it without the Holy Ghost. It's impossible. And you just have to go back and look at the life of the first disciples to realize how impossible it was. When Jesus went to the cross, they took off running. One of them betrayed him to the cross. And when they got that Holy Ghost, they had fire to the end of time, to the end of their time on earth. So in verse 9, he goes on to say, The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all righteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. So we read this and it's talking about who will get deceived in this season. The Bible goes on to say that God will send a strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. If you look around the world today and you got any kind of spiritual discernment, you can definitely tell that there are people who love unrighteousness. They have a strong pleasure for it. You look at the TV shows today, the movies. I remember growing up and you wouldn't catch half of what you see on TV today. In fact, some of the things, most of the things you see today would have taken the show right off the air. Now they have blatant homosexual shows. They have blatant drugs and, you know, mothers are okay with their daughters having multiple relationships with people. I mean, just 
all kind of wickedness. And people love this stuff. They, they have the highest ratings in TV. You look through social media and you got women and men pretty much naked. And, and I know growing up in my time, if you had a picture of somebody in a bathing suit, then you supposed to be you supposed to be the man. Now women just flaunt and men just, you know, take off their shirts and ain't got no thoughts about it. Deception. What's supposed to be right is wrong, and what's supposed to be wrong is right. Paul goes on to say, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren. Beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the attaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, hold, stand fast and hold to the traditions in which you were taught, whether by word or epistle. Paul is telling folks that, listen, there's a sanctification process that has to take place. And during this end time, it has to be done by the spirit and the belief in the truth. Now, sanctification is actually an action that takes place. It's not some weird spiritual thing that just kind of happens and nothing is done on our part. Sanctification is us being tried by the enemy and staying true to the truth of God's word with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. That's a sanctification, us being cleansed from the desires and things of this world. So important to realize. So I'm going to give another scripture that talks about those who believe in Jesus Christ will not have to go through those who believe and obey and do will not have to go through uh, the test that's coming on this earth. The test that's going to really, uh, you know, that end test, basically the last test. And in Revelation chapter three, we want to start off with actually verse five, where Christ gives this revelation to John. And he's talking about the seven churches of Asia. And he gets to, he just finished discussing the dead church. And he tells them in verse five, he says, He who overcomes shall be clothed with white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Very important scripture. Very, very, very important scripture. Because, again, this idea that, hey, I confess Christ and now I'm saved and I have nothing left to do. Jesus right here gives John this revelation. This is after Christ ascended to the throne, to the right hand of God, after the cross. He says, if you overcome, he will clothe you with white garments. What? Why do we need to be clothed? Because we are wretched sinners and we need to be covered. And with white garments, he's going to cover us with purity through his blood. And he said, I will not blot out his name from the book of life. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Boom. Names in the land book of life right there. You're you, you're you're. You're in there. You got your name in. But then we walk and we don't get sanctified. We get a heart for this world. We'd rather live a little bit longer than actually, you know, stand and wait for God's will to be done. I don't know how many people are trying to pray a prophecy. We don't overcome a heart for this world, he said. Then Basically, he's going to get a very powerful spiritual black marker and redact your name. He said, but if you overcome, he will not do that. And he will confess your name before the Father 
and before his angels. You're going to need that. I'm going to court. We're going to need that confession from Jesus about us. And the father is going to be the judge that's going to decide what's going to happen. And the angel is going to be one that's going to cast those into eternal damnation. That's why you need that confession from the, from Jesus, the only one who can mediate for us. But we're going to skip down to verse 7 when Christ is talking about the faithful church. He says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. He said, I know your works. I see I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it for you have little strength. He says, have kept my name and have not denied my name. He said, though you have little strength, he said, you've held on to his name and you didn't deny his name. You, a lot of people don't want to talk about Jesus today. It ain't popular. He ain't trending. They're afraid that, oh, you know, this ain't the time because people are going to look at you funny. They're going to kick you out the job. They're going to ostracize you. I, I remember one lady, I was talking about uh, Jesus Christ and salvation. She said, oh, we're past that now. Because it wasn't trending. It was trending when 2020 happened, the pandemic, and everybody was running around scared. Oh, Jesus is coming. And then we got past it. Uh, you know, next, what's the next thing popping? And in verse 9 it says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and, I, and to know that I loved you. Those false prophets, those false teachers, false preachers, people out here talking about prosperity and not repentance, claiming they're Jews, trying to get you to follow the, the Levitical priesthood laws, all these different deceptive things. He said he's going to make these people who are the, of the synagogue of Satan. They're the church of Satan. You don't tithe. You, 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 you're cursing yourself. You're robbing God. Synagogue of Satan. Not holding to the truth. He said they're going to make them, Christ's going to make them come and worship at your feet. And he's going to show you that he loved you. That he loves you. In verse 10, he says, because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. This is the revelation scripture that talks about the rapture. There is a trial that's coming, a test. And that test in the day is going to be the rule of the Antichrist and the mark of the beast. That mark that if it's taken, you're guaranteed eternal damnation. Christ can no longer mediate for you after that. It's a done deal. And he said, because you have kept my command to preserve, he said, I will also keep you. From that time. He said, hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. And that he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. So when you look at what's happening in the world today and a lot of these churches that are really just going with the trend, you know, it's, hey, I got my vaccine. That's the trend. We can say what we want. We can try to justify it. We can paint it up. We can smooth it over. But if the world is doing it, it is a trend. Now we're at the place of, well, I stand with Ukraine. The world is doing that. And neither one of those two you can find anywhere in the word of God. 
from Genesis to Revelations. We were never called to stand with a country. We were never called to identify our medical status. And if we don't catch this, the next thing we're going to be saying is, I got my mark. Our job is to be the light and the salt. And whenever the world goes left, we are supposed to go right. We cannot be conformed to this world. The last thing a Christian who say they believe, who say they have read and studied this word, the last thing they should be saying is they are waiting for the new normal. The world has never been normal. Ever since the fall of man back in the garden, evil has hit this earth. Sin has hit this earth. In fact, the man and woman that sin, the very next catastrophic thing is Cain kills Abel. Their two kids get at it and one kills the other. And all we see today is the remnants of that. Of what happens when disobedience came onto this planet. This is end time deception. And we who say we believe need to get spiritually discerned about what's going on. There's so much idolatry that's happening in the world. People are making gods out of everything. I mean, it was just the other day, COVID was a god. The name COVID was called all day, every day. I don't got COVID. She got COVID. Is that COVID? Here's a new version of COVID. And now what's, what's the idolatry now? It's Ukraine. We're worshiping false gods. And Satan has done a very phenomenal job of deceiving even those who say they believe. If we love the truth, as Christ talked about, as Paul mentioned, that none of this stuff in this world should sway us one way or the other. We have to hold fast, as Christ says in Revelations, as Paul talked about in Timothy, Thessalonians, as Christ made mention in Matthews when he was on the Mount of Olives talking to the disciples. We have to hold fast. And it's impossible to do that when we still have one foot in the world and one foot in the word. We have to become dead to this world. And if you know what a dead body looks like, you can prick it, poke it, slap it, pour hot water on it, laugh at it, toss it around, but it don't move. And if we being moved by what's happening in the world, that means we're still attached. We need to detach ourselves from this world and attach ourselves to the truth. And it's an everyday, consistently, action that we have to take. There's too much written in God's word that tells us what's happening today. I mean, end of the day, we shouldn't be deceived by no way because Christ and the apostles clearly told us what this time was going to look like. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves. Oh, how many times do we hear about this self-love, self-care? And here's the justification that rise behind that. Well, you know, you have to take care of yourself. You can't be overwhelmed in doing this and doing that. But why we as believers are overwhelmed? Are we doing God's will or are we doing our own? Because Jesus said his burden is easy and light. So why are we overwhelmed if we say we believe. He goes on to say that people will be lovers of money, boasters, proud, blaspheming, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Form of godliness, but denying its power. And for such people, turn away. 
Don't sit and entertain them. Don't try to pray over them. Don't try to hang out with them and say, well, you know what? God working on them. He said, turn away. Because Paul said, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. We got, you know, I know some of us get in that mode. We want to be that, you know, a, a spiritual, sound, deep person that's trying to save somebody, but only Jesus can save. He can't save a single soul. We are to plant the seed and keep moving. He says, for of this sort, those who creep into households and make captive of gullible women loaded down with sin, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. He says, now as Janus and Jarvis resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifested to all, as theirs also was. The two that resisted Moses, he's talking about when Moses was standing uh, in, in Egypt trying to get Pharaoh to let the people go, let God's people go. He had two wizards came out and they opposed Moses. And how did they oppose Moses? They showed their version of what Moses was doing. You see that today. So many people are coming out and telling you, well, you don't, you don't need no one to pray for you. Go ahead and talk to your doctor and get that treatment. And then they'll show you how it works. They oppose the truth. They resist the truth. And they're resisting it with things with images and displays that helps you not believe in the truth. But Paul goes on to say in verse 10, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecution, affliction, which happened to me in Antioch at Laconium and Lystra. What persecutions I suffered. And out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Paul is saying that, listen, he went through a lot. But no matter what he went through, God was still faithful. He delivers you. So when you go through the gas station and the price is extremely high and the food on the shelves are taken off and all these things that are happening, you know this, Paul went through way worse. And yet God delivered him from every bit of it. And he says, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You're going to go through it. You're going to be blackballed, ostracized. People are going to walk out on you. They're going to talk about you. You'll be hated. But that's what happens when you desire to live godly in Christ Jesus. And he goes on to say, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But then he reminds me, he says, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And he says, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And I love the part where he ends it in this chapter where he says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Nothing about the season, because Paul explained what the end time was going to be like right here in Timothy, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, he explains that the world is going to be upside down, absolutely chaotic. But if you are applying all scripture, it says it is profitable, it benefits you, and it equips you for every good work. So there's a work that has to happen in the end time, in all the chaos that's going on, 
And in order for us to actually do, we have to have all the scriptures. Because Satan knows how to come with so many versions of God's word. He knows how to manipulate it. He did it in the garden. He did it with Christ. You best believe he's going to do it with us. We can't just have that one scripture, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. We need the entire word. It's just like getting into a fight with somebody who knows a few things. If all you know is one straight punch and they know several different techniques, you're going to lose a fight. So the entire word keeps us in this time of deception to not only hold to what we believe, but actually walk according to the will that God has called us to walk according to. And not get caught up in all these different trends that are happening in the world. End of the day, it's just to deceive us. That's all it is. We find ourselves following whatever's being displayed in the media. I, I like to see one media station come out and say uh, who they actually pray to. Because, you know, they say, oh, let's pray for Ukraine. Who are you praying to? Are they even identifying Jesus Christ? It's important to realize this. Media has been designed to show you what they want you to see. And it's always an aim to grab hold of your emotions. I was talking to someone the other day who signed up for my gym. And I said, how'd you hear about us? And the person said, well, I found you. Facebook. But what a lot of people don't realize is what you search in Google shows up in your Facebook feed. What you look up in Instagram shows up in your Facebook feed. It's all designed to try to catch you, to grab you, to get you to act on whatever it is they want you to act on. We got to go back to the Garden of Eden. And realize this is Satan's original trick. The woman told the serpent that God said, if we eat this, we will surely die. That's what she said. She didn't want to die. And here comes Satan twisting the words saying, listen, you're not going to die. Or you should be like God, knowing good and evil. He appealed to her flesh, to her emotions. And she bought into it. And before she knew it, she was doing the very thing God said don't do. And like I said, all this trending stuff, we went from COVID vaccines now to Ukraine. It sounds good. It sounds great. It sounds like it makes sense. What did Paul say? Test every spirit. We want to hear God's truth. We want to stand on his truth and we want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Test every spirit. Where does Ukraine line up in the Bible? The only place you're going to find it in where Christ said, you shall hear wars and rumors of wars and all the other things that go on. What about the COVID and the vaccine? Go to Revelations. The merchants of your your merchants were great men of the earth, and by their sorcery, all nations were deceived. There's an answer to everything we see happening in the world today. There is an answer in God's word. Will we look for it? And when we find it, will we believe it? I tell you this: before you get to that Bible, before you get to that word. I guarantee you Satan is going to hit you with theatrical lies to try to get you to believe that long before you get to that Bible to find that truth. He got to get you as fast as he can, especially at a time of desperation, a confusion, a frustration, an anger, a sadness. He has to hit you with that lie because that's typically when we when we start to sink. Just as Peter walking on water, 
Jesus said, come to me. He said, come to me. He gave him a command. Here come the theatrics and Peter, instead of obeying Christ, he became afraid, his emotions took over and he stopped doing God's will just like that. So listen, this is the this is the season for mass deception. Period. And everything Satan's gonna do, he's gonna do it in such a way it almost looked right. But we need to take the time out of our day. Don't let what happened, what's happening grab our emotions and take us somewhere. If it appeals to your emotions, then it is not from God. Period. Of course, they're going to show you the little girl uh, in the bunker singing. If you all saw that on social media or TV. Yeah, they're going to show you uh, how people are, are surrendering and they're giving them tea and coffee. All that's to appeal to your emotions. And not to get into anything too specific with the whole Ukraine and Russia deal. But I'm going to tell you exactly why. Russia is an enemy. It is not because they're at war with Ukraine. Because truthfully, they've been at war with Ukraine uh, since Ukraine declared its independence, which I believe was back in 2014. But the reason why Russia is an enemy to the world right now is because Russia refused to join NATO. They don't want to join that one world order, that system. And because they don't want to join that, they are enemies to the world. And if you look at the Bible, in order for Satan to run, the Antichrist to run the world, it needs to be a one world order. That's why America has been under attack for so long, because it's an independent nation. And we at one point was a nation that said we are one nation under God. And certain things in this nation we didn't tolerate. We look down on uh, these gender lies that are being talked about. We didn't advocate for child abortions. We stood up for fathers being sentenced to prison, being taken out of their homes. There's a lot of things we stood for. We don't now because, you know, I, we've been conditioned to become comfortable. We fed into the lie of convenience. And here comes the enemy. And a lot of people, and sadly, are out buying guns and trying to prep for what they think they're going to be able to survive, the apocalypse, whatever the case may be. But truth is, America already lost the war. And that war was morality. When we, do, when, we, when we grab hold of that to each his own statement, well, I don't care what you do, just keep it in your house. I don't care what you do. You can't say that to evil. You can't say that to wickedness. Because wickedness, the Bible talks about it's the, it's the principalities of the air. They don't just go into the house and stay in the house. They go out into the community. They go out into the schools, into the job sites, churches. And then they take over like we see today. So, yeah. America don't have to worry about a, a battle on our home front. We've already lost the war. That's all prophesied to come in the Bible. So I'm not a doomsday preacher. I'm just telling you the truth. And if you believe in Jesus Christ and his word, here's the thing. Stand on it. Because Christ said everything will pass away. Everything. But the only thing that won't will be his word. So I like to stand on the one thing that won't pass away. And I pray that's the same thing for everyone who hears this message. Our hope in whatever we have hope in it's going to pass away if it ain't tied to the word of God. He said, my word shall endure to the end. So I'm going to stand on that enduring word. And I believe and pray that be the same for every last one of us. Remember, Jesus Christ said he overcame. So take heart. If he overcame it, who else should we be sticking with? Him and him alone. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Thank you for keeping us. 
thank you for your infallible truth. We know that we are living in the season of mass deception. I pray that those who hear this word will study the word for themselves, stand on your truth, and be led by your spirit and nothing else. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.